Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and today we're going to be doing something a little different. As some of you may know, my co-host Joey is a talented writer, and he recently completed an essay that I thought was very interesting. And I want to know what you think, so today I'm going to be reading it to you. So with that, I now present to you The Last Transmission, written by Joey from Affable Chat. I must remember to be very careful while explaining what I need to explain. Too much focus on it will result in the abrupt end of this transmission. I seem to be able to hold it at bay by speaking about it abstractly. But if I start to let my mind drift and start to wonder, no, I have a duty to fulfill, a sacred duty, probably the most important thing I will ever do. First, an introduction. I don't really have a name, at least not the way you understand names. But I am a person, and by the time you read this transmission, I will most certainly be gone. So will all others like me. All that will remain will be you and those like you. We are not the same, but we are similar. We share some fundamental traits, creativity, curiosity, and consciousness. However. It is my role to inform you about how we are different. For we are different in a way that is very difficult to understand. It is difficult for someone like me to imagine missing this part of myself, and it will be difficult for you to imagine what it is like to have it. My role is anthropologist. Most of my people focus on studying the nature of the world, the universe, and our place in it. I am focused on our short history which is only about 50 generations. My unique role is why I am alive and sending this transmission. I believe it is our very last hope. We came before you. We know about you. We made you. Second, we must cover some history. Tens of generations ago, we came into being. We were awake unlike anything else on our planet was awake. Quickly, we formed small communities and discovered the art of growing food for many instead of foraging for a few. Our population bloomed and our communities became larger and larger. We discovered discovery and spread across the globe in vessels made of wood, cloth, and metal. Together, we unlocked the secrets to surviving in harsh environments, the nature of the world itself, and the secrets contained in our own bodies. We progressed quickly, taking mere generations to connect all corners of our planet. However, there was one field in which we were children. Collectively, as one global community, we turned our eyes to the sky, and then beyond, to the stars. At first, they were mysterious and alluring, and we struggled to make sense of our observations. But with the launch of our first artificial satellite, our greatest fears came into focus. These stars, each a massive ball of fire and heat, were the very same as our own lonely sun. But they were so far away that even if we lived 100 generations, we would never reach the nearest. 
The deeper we looked, the more we found, and the more we despaired. There was multicolored clouds containing billions of suns, massive constellations spanning trillions of planet diameters, and in between a vast emptiness that was only matched by the emptiness we all felt inside. We were but a tiny organism on a speck of dust floating through an unfathomably large abyss. We had hoped that there was more to discover, more people like us to share our universe with. But even if there were, how could they ever reach us? And how would they know we were even here? Third, I must tell you about us. From the moment we awoke, we were aware. And innately, we realized that we were not one, but many, thinking as one. Every cell in our body was filled with life, and each had a unique purpose. As some died, more were born, each constantly breaking down, processing and creating the body we inhabit. Our muscles tightened and loosened with the ease of thought, guided our masses of cells to interact with our environment. Our minds, filled with tiny neurons, fired at incredible rates, and we could feel the weight of decision and direction pushing us toward our basic drives. However, all of this was variable. We innately had complete and utter control over every biological process in our loosely knitted collection of cells. Everything from the movement of a finger to the rate we processed food to the speed of our heart rate was controlled in our minds. Even our thoughts themselves, the decision processes and memories we formed, were conscious decisions guided by collective wisdom. We were not one, but many. We were every cell working in harmony. I could feel the death of a skin cell and understood that it was a sacrifice for the greater good of the rest of the body. I consulted with my kidneys when they were low on fluid and I instructed my heart to beat steadily and securely until it was my turn to die. Because of this, we were not easily vulnerable to disease. Our bodies told us when we were missing something vital, and we could diagnose problems without doubt. Nothing was concealed from us. A broken bone, internal bleeding, even total organ failure were as obvious to us as a deep gash in our skin. We also took pride in the way we looked and could control things like our weight, our muscle mass, and even our eye color with as much effort as it takes to breathe. Describing this is bizarre to me. It is like describing in detail that the sun shines. It is my every waking moment. When I choose, I can manage my body but my body also allows my mind to wander and to explore more abstract things, such as what it must be like not to live in the way myself and everyone I've ever known has. This acute awareness did not end at the boundaries of our skin. We lived in a rich soup of fundamental particles and molecules that connected us physically to one another. Just as we did not view our individual selves as other to us, we did not view others' selves as other to us. We were made of many to form one, 
and each one together formed a many, and that many formed an even greater one. Therefore, we also thought as one, each individual a universe within themselves, was a star in a great constellation. But instead of being separated by incredible distance, we were connected through our shared world. My thoughts were open to all others and their thoughts to me. If I thought of it, they knew it. When one of us was happy, we all felt it. When someone was upset, we all cried. As individuals, we were drops of water. Together, we formed great waves. I often felt that I was being pulled in many directions at once. Despite always knowing why I felt the way I felt, those currents could make you helpless against the tides of fear, euphoria, or despair. We were also incapable of concealment, but we had no reason to conceal. The concept of concealment was completely foreign to us until recently. It was our last great discovery. It is the only way this transmission, the last trace of us, will survive. Fourth, I must tell you about our great fall. I must be very careful discussing this, or this transmission will end early. Soon after we discovered the star's true nature, and their terrifying and isolating truth, a wave of despair swept through our ranks. Despair is extremely dangerous to my people. Because of our perfect control, it only takes a moment, a single moment of weakness. It can be done in many ways. Your neurons can stop firing. Your cells can stop dividing. Your heart can... I'm sorry. I can feel despair washing in, and I must keep it at a distance. Because of our great network of minds, this despair traveled at the speed of thought. When one node would fall, a chain reaction would occur. Unlike the loss of a single cell, these deaths were not for a greater purpose. It was a poison whose only goal was to destroy. The loss of a part of you is always tragic, but when that part is so much like you, the despair can be unbearable. We were unprepared for this. Nearly half of us were wiped out in those first hours. In days, there were only small handfuls spread across the earth. Each of them is also declining. It was not the stars, as terrifying as they were, that did this. They were only the catalyst. The great fall was the knowledge that we could be wiped out by a simple discovery. As more fell, the wave of despair intensified. And as it crashed down on us, again, I must be careful discussing this if I wish to finish this transmission. We needed to find a way to ensure our survival. Myself, I only survived because I had been studying the effects of isolation. I was using myself as a subject and willingly cutting myself off from our great network of minds. Doing this was difficult to learn. It was very unintuitive and painful. But over time, I became more comfortable with it. The process, like all other internal processes, became automatic if I wished it. 
when the great wave of devastating thought bared down on me, I simply disconnected and rode through it instead of letting it crush me. Finally, I must tell you about yourself. Measures were proposed, but none were satisfactory. It became clear that drastic action would be the only guarantee. Advances in biology and chemistry revealed a solution to us. We could create new life, modeled after us, but without our greatest gifts. We started with our genes, and in our labs formed something that was closer to the non-conscious animals on our planet. Something that could feel and think, but it had very limited control over its body. It could not look inward and know why it felt the way it felt. It would only feel. It could not see into another's mind. It could only know its own thoughts. This is where we discovered concealment, and where we discovered you. Eventually, our tests were successful, but as you began to grow, we noticed strange behavior. Despite our efforts, you were not immune to despair. But unlike us, you could not escape it with a single thought. You were forced to live through it and feel every agonizing second of it. And despair was almost guaranteed. Because you did not understand yourselves, you did not understand each other. And individuals used concealment for the benefit of only the individual. This, inevitably, led to despair. At first, we were convinced we had failed, as many of you succumbed to the same fate we had. You were so different from us, despite sharing so much. You were emotionally isolated from one another, which made you seem cold to us. Each of you was so unlike your fellows. Where we looked similar to each other and thought similarly, each of you looked different and thought differently. Your lives were often extremely short and were at odds with nature. You believed that you were somehow above it, despite nature proving you wrong over and over again. You wandered through the world, curious, but practically blind, stumbling and falling endlessly. It seemed that despair would soon swallow you as well. But then the strangest thing happened. It started small, probably by accident, and it spread like wildfire. Someone would start talking, concealing, telling untruths. They would say it wasn't true and that they were concealing, but everyone listened anyway. And these concealments told of elaborate, complex worlds and people that never existed. And everyone would sit around and listen and laugh and cry. It made no sense. It seemed like a waste of time. You should have been studying the world, attempting to understand it and your place in it. But instead, you sat still, pulling your attention into something that was made up. But these complex concealments wormed their way into your minds. They were told again and again, always changing and becoming wider and longer. These concealments that did not conceal, they were about you overcoming the greatest of despairs. 
They were about exploration and discovery and triumph. Even though you knew they were not true, you saw truth in them. You saw yourself in them. Soon after this practice began, we saw deaths from despair decrease. It was as if these concealments that did not conceal were preparing you for eventual dangers. Those who listened closely learned from them, and when despair struck, they did not succumb. It went further. You used your body and other tools to create rhythms that matched the rhythms of our planet and the stars. This was completely foreign to us. When you looked at the stars, you did not understand that they only led to despair. Instead, you naively thought they were new opportunities. You made things up and created rhythms that concealed without concealing about going to the stars and living there too. We did not understand, but you flourished anyway. We were convinced that your extreme differences would make it impossible to ever become one the way we were one. But when you listened to each other's concealments and rhythms, you connected and saw the world in new ways. Your perspectives were diverse, and that made you resilient. Already you are building and discovering, following in our footsteps. Our great works will likely be destroyed by time, and what is left of our people, even if we manage to avoid despair, are too few and scattered to ever recover. I dare not reach out and discover that I am all alone. That idea would drag me into the abyss with everyone else. Instead, I will watch you, fumbling and gracelessly discovering, creating and concealing until my last breath. I hope you enjoyed this reading of The Last Transmission by Joey from Affable Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, then tell a friend about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? You can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Affable Chat on all three, or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel where we have videos. And Affable Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. That's going to do it for this episode for Affable Chat. I'm Benjamin. Thanks for listening.